0: I never thought I could get sick of killing mobsters, but these idiots just keep coming. Where did they get all these aliens and scorpions? I thought 5,000
1: rounds of ammunition would be plenty, but we may run out at this rate.
2: Running out of minigun ammo. No more energy cells. Out of grenades. Sniper rifle is almost empty. The stupid flamethrower set the walls on fire.
1: We've got some rounds left, and they may be 50 people out there. what do we do?
0: Just shoot them all in the eyes and we win, right?
2: We're not taking the easy way out of this. I'm gonna break that kneecap with my sledgehammer, and when that's gone, I'll kick them in the throats until they die. Or I'll force-feed them raw eggs and see what happens. People respect that kind of strength.
3: Mama, you okay? Mom!
4: Come with me if you want to live.
1: Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RPG gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to the ever-popular, ever-famous RPG Backtrack. We are up to episode number 115, Dust in the Wind. This is the show... Talk about all your favorite RPGs from the way that then right up to yesterday, and to help me do that, as always, is my comrade in arms, Mister Mike minky
2: Yeah. Uh, well, it's a good thing we're recording this now and not last week, which is or, or week, Nobody likes to hear that kind of podcast.
1: Well, yeah, a podcast with you doing sign language the entire way through would lack some of the normal impact that we get. By listening to your wonderful voice,
2: I still can't do the highest registers. So anybody who's hoping to hear me do my Michael Jackson, sorry, it's not happening
1: tonight. hee. well that's okay because we've got those high notes covered by our good friend Mr. Scott Walker.
3: War, war never changes. Mm.
1: What is it good for anyway, Scott?
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: Listen, and I heard it makes the Undertaker happy. Though. Hey, uh, and I'm your. I feel other...
2: like listening to some Motown now.
1: I know, right? Maybe. Oh, I should write a note down. I should put that so as the ending song. Um. <laughs>
2: no, I, I think we actually have a good song for. Would you say it would work for, best for the beginning or the ending, Scott? We Armstrong not
0: well, I, I think, well, obviously we need the Ink Spots, because that's just the official band of the Collapse of Society. I think the Louie might be a little overplayed in this context.
2: It might, but we can't assume that the people listening to this episode have necessarily played the game and thus heard it enough. So I think we should try to cover that base, just in case. Mm. But I don't know where to put it.
1: And I am the other host of the show. My name is Phil Willis. And today we are talking about Fallout 2 and Wasteland, right?
2: Well, at least mention it. it well, oh, mention Wasteland. Away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Have we'll any mention? We'll mention it very quickly.
2: <laughs> Otherwise, someone will probably bring it up. Hey, you never mentioned Wasteland. It's part of the Fallout universe. And you know what? That would be absolutely right. So let's cover that.
1: Absolutely. Case. We're going to cover that bad boy. We've got all that. We've got a lot of comments to read. We've got witty banter and very not-so-witty banter. All that and much more on tonight's episode of the RPG Backtrack. Hold on tight. And we are ready to jump into this And since it chronologically came first I feel that it's only proper just to knock out Wasteland really fast Wasteland was developed by Interplay Productions Published by your good friends at EA God love them you by EA? EA EA was was going at that point? Yeah, that's when they had the big blocky logo
0: And this was before they were evil
1: Yes, this is true. This is back when they were kind of cool. And you're like, oh, wow, it came from EA. Awesome. Instead of, oh, man, EA got that IP crap.
0: (laughs) No, no, I'm not installing Origin. Don't care. Origin's calling you, man. Do it, man. Do it. I don't Uh, care if you're giving me free stuff. Not happening.
1: Uh... Oh my gosh, I could still so get off the EA tangent, uh, the Origin tangent, but I'll maybe we'll do it at the end of the show. We'll see. Uh, anywho, uh, Wasteland uh, was distributed by InXile Entertainment and was released on the Commodore 64, the Apple II, Microsoft Windows, DOS, OS X, Linux. It was released back in 1988, a single-player RPG experience coming to you on a gorgeous, beautiful floppy disk. Uh, but now, of Single course, floppy? a sink. Well, that's that's just what listed here in Wikipedia, so I don't question it. And uh, and I'm trying to read the specs on the label on the box, but the resolution is not high enough for me to make out the wording. Uh, so I'm kind of at a loss there. I'll keep I'll keep trying to pull it up. But uh, in the meantime, let's presume one floppy. And now it is available for. Di- oh no, did they take it off? Let's check it real fast. I know I got mine off a of GOG. Uh, let's just double check GOG. Wasteland One, the original classic, is. On GOG, uh, when you, uh, I need to log out to see if it's still available for sale or not because I know they took off Fallout. Let me log out and see yeah, if it's...
2: Yeah, and we know Steam doesn't have the early fallouts.
1: Yeah, yeah, so those got... Yes, it is available for sale. I logged out of GOG because so, when I logged in, it just says, you've already bought this. Uh, its five ninety nine. It's a 58 megabyte download. Wow, 58 megabytes That megabyte. sounds a
2: lot bigger than one floppy. I was about
1: to say, how many floppy disks have they had to do? <laughs> that would have been like... I mean a floppy disk was only 360 well if it was a small floppy disk it could be a 720 or 1.4 meg possibly uh, later on they came out with the high density uh, i think 2.8 uh, megs even so you're still talking two dozen disk yeah that that yeah they obviously had to make that a little bigger, I guess, to work with uh, emulator software and whatnot. Anywho, uh, but yes, you can go and grab that on GOG if you really want to take a walk on the wild side.
0: So uh, Wasteland... And witness it, the glorious, glorious four-color palette.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: What? Which four colors?
0: Which Which four?
1: It was usually on my on my DOS computer, it was white, cyan, a purplish, I think it was, I don't know if it was called magenta or not, and black. That was your four colors. Now, the...
2: But I thought black wasn't a color if we're going by painter standards.
1: You know, they they counted it
0: just so they could say they had four colors instead of three. Uh, Four colors sounds a hell of a lot more impressive than uh, the ZX spectrum. Wait, let me think: cyan, cyan, white,
1: and purple—three. Yeah, plus black. Was there four? I'm pretty sure that was my four colors. I, I could be wrong. Now I'm looking at screenshots on GOG. And I oh they do oh you know I think I know why it's it's such a larger download too I think they have like a modern yeah uh, a modern version on here because I'm looking at the screenshots and some of these are clearly like uh, VGA graphics or EGA graphics but some of them are looking like SVGA graphics so I'm thinking maybe it was a remake. Uh... There
0: might have they they might have let you toggle between original and I think. The later PC, the later, one of later PC releases.
1: Uh, so that's probably why the download's so big because it's got you know those two different options in there. Anywho, uh, so waste, <laughs> Wasteland. Uh, none of us have actually played this, right? Am I wrong here?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't. that yeah. There are a lot of things in sort of the Apple II library that I may or may not have played.
3: Mm
1: fair enough yeah no you're right and and i'm right there with you i played a lot of games back in those early days that i don't quite remember the name to but usually if i look at the screenshots i'm like aha but i'm looking at these screenshots i'm like "Mm, no no there's games i play that look like this but none of them scream that oh yeah i played this but uh we can cover some basics here it's uh it's a science fiction role-playing game as you can imagine from something that inspired the fallout uh series and um and uh, it, it was ba- it was loosely based off of tabletop role-playing mechanics. Uh, from what I understand, the, the, it was based off the game Tunnels and Trolls and Mercenaries, Spies, and Private— all kinds of game systems I never heard of. Maybe you, Scott, because you're really deep into those. Have you heard of those before? Uh,
0: Tunnels and Trolls, yeah. I think I played, like, 8th edition of that. Mm-hmm. Like Tunnels and Trolls was uh, the original, like, Brand X version of D&D. Like, I think it dropped within two or three years of, uh, first, edi- of um, first edition coming out. And, yeah, it was always kind of that whole uh, your mom bought it for you by accident. I think it's got fans in Europe's In Europe, eh. But for whatever reason, there's enough nostalgia behind it to have people keep buying the IP and releasing new versions of it. Hmm. Well, um so it's loosely based off of that
1: you have various statistics like you'd expect from an RPG strength, intelligence and luck and weapon and uh, different various other skills Uh, you get experience through combat and use of your skills you could generally use a variety of tactics to to get through a lock gate for example you could use your pickpocket skill you could use your climb skill to climb over it or your strength skill to force it open Um, or if you had a crowbar or better yet a, a rocket Apparently, that would also get you past said obstacle. So that was one of the things that it it kind of helped the game stand out and earn a lot of the critical acclaim it received. You begin with uh, four characters, uh, though you can get as many as seven by recruiting uh, citizens and creatures and the such. Um, It had it had a, a persistent kind of world feel to it. It was one of the earlier games that really brought that to the table, where changes that happened in the game were actually saved as part of your save file so you, you could return to areas later and you'd find like an item you left there was still there. That was a little revolutionary in the day and age where if you drop something on the ground, oftentimes it wasn't there a millisecond later. It was already gone. It just... You drop something in a lot of RPGs back then. You just presumed, you know, like in D&D, uh, the Gold Box games. It drop stuff all the time. dropping on the ground. It's never there again. So...
2: Now, we can address in Fallout 2. If, if something is on the ground, it will likely still be there days later. Ah. The body went be there, but the thing it dropped is still there.
1: Uh, and because of that the game the game had to be completely copied to its own game disk, so you wouldn't, you know, screw up the original game disc. You'd copy it to a gameplay, which was a common tactic back in those days. Uh if you had a game that was going to change a lot of its data through the playthrough. A lot of my games would have me the first step would be to install the game onto a game disc, and you have to keep swapping it back and forth as it installs all the data onto a, a gameplay disc. You still would use the original disc to boot the game up, but then you use the gameplay disc to play the game. Um, it also did kind of the Goldbox D&D thing where throughout the game you'd have to, because they didn't, they had very limited space on that whopping you know 320-kilobyte disc, um, th- you would oftentimes be referred to parts of the manual where you'd have to go and read paragraph number 12 or number 20. Ah,
0: those were the days, right? <laughs> well, that was also part of, uh, you know, their grand DRM strategy because, uh, you know, no one who had a copy the, – the ability to copy floppies also had access to a photocopy. Photocopy,
1: yeah. No, you're right, Scott. So many games did that back in the day. And I was all, yeah, all my friends would do is grab a few bucks where you could go down to the office store or whatever. School library even had a photocopy or five cents or ten cents a copy, and we'd copy whole instruction books. Uh, <laughs> Oh wait, that's probably a bad thing. Illegal. Co-
0: anyway, um, hmm. I'm sure you're well past the statute of limitations on the time <laughs> you think- pirated <laughs> Ultima 3.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: think the video game market is also past the point where you can send the Kinko's market into stock market oblivion. The
1: uh, the plot had had that uh, had that uh, post nuclear, you know, feeling to it that you. Again, that you've already come to experience, uh, expect from the Fallout series. um It's about a hundred years, maybe ninety or so, after a global nuclear war has taken uh, place, and a far remnant force of the United States Army call themselves the Desert Ranger Base uh, Danger. Oh my good lord, I can't talk today. Based in the southwestern United States, uh, are deci- uh, are assigned to investigate a series of disturbances in nearby areas so throughout the game you'll be exploring the remaining enclaves of human civilization including a post apocalypse Las Vegas which great expansion for the Fallout 3 game so you'll uh of course you'll discover a larger menace and and the such and you'll have to address that um so it's pretty cool and it got a lot of really good critical critical uh, acclaim got a lot of great scores um let's see, Computer Gaming World awarded Wasteland the Adventure Game of the Year in 1988. The magazine's review that year cited its ease of play, richness of plot, problem-solving requirements, skill and tax system, and graphic display because, you know, breaking all the barriers with those four 16 colors depending on your graphics card. So, and and three years later, I guess it's how slow the gaming market moved back and they're still talking about three years later. Three years later, Computer Gaming World also gave it a fair review calling it Really, the only decently designed post-Nuke game on the market. So... Was uh,
2: review for Europe, or did it just take three years to work through that magazine's <laughs> backlog? <laughs> don't,
1: don't,
0: don't either that or, either that or was a port, it was probably yeah, like the, the Apple port or something. Yeah, yeah, probably the high resolution or the SVGA port or Apple
1: or whatever, sure. Sure. Now, um... Uh, So if you don't mind, you know, old school gameplay, the the combat system is very similar. Looking at the screenshots anyways, kind of similar to uh, a wizardry or I do see a slower fast meter, which intrigues me. Maybe that's just the speed of the text, but uh, uh, definitely looks like a – what's it called? Keep the Thief or um, wizardry, might and magic, early might and magics where you just have a list of the characters name, their armor class. It, it does have ammunition cover uh, c- column because, of course, you're using modern weapons, and uh, your hit points and the such. So, um, and then it looks like you pick what you know. It'll tell you, hey, there's a bunch of rats in front of you. You pr- probably you put in your orders, and they probably play out through the text. Uh, the pictures, uh, the pictures are actually depending on the version you're playing, uh, do look pretty detailed. When I think about that being in 1988, the uh, the overworld. Man, it's the overworld shots are just typical. They don't strike me as super awesome, but the but the pictures of the monsters and stuff in combat are nicely detailed, especially the higher resolution ones, uh with the mini colors. So very nicely done. Anyways, uh, you can check that out on GOG again for six dollars. I'm a big fan of GOG and what they do there. Also, uh if if you have been hiding in a cave or you haven't listened to some of our previous podcasts where I talked about it, uh, there was a Kickstarter for Wasteland 2, I keep getting an email from them every week, they're in beta now doing some beta stuff on that so I'm expecting that in the not so distant future, so keep an eye out for that on GOG and Steam as well, if it uh, lives up to its predecessor, it'll be a really really fun game any other comments you guys have about Wasteland before we move on to the real meat and potatoes here?
2: Let me see what it's running for on eBay. Can
1: <laughs> you can't look up the floppy disk version? Who's going who's gonna to pay for you know the what? floppy Why disk not? version? <laughs> you can get on GOG for six bucks.
0: People will.
1: Ah, I shouldn't underestimate there the power. There are collectors. I shouldn't underestimate the power of the collectors. You're right. You're right.
2: I, Phil, I have bought zip drives at a thrift store that people have... That some idiot in Norway bought from me and was willing to pay 40 bucks to have shipped across the Atlantic. Oh, maybe, may, maybe the zip drive is just such an awesome piece of technology that I'm missing out.
1: You must be. Holy cow. So what'd you pull up?
2: Uh, ay I can't even find the right thing. I, I get Heroes Chronicles, Warlords of the Wasteland, which is way too recent. I get... Fun little game, though. An Ultimate RPG Archives thing But oh,
3: not pulling up, oh, the
1: not pull up the original Wasteland Not pulling up the original Wasteland
0: Oh, The, the Ultimate R- RPG Archives Does have Wasteland in it It was um, an Interplay re-release collection
2: hmm. Okay Well it's go- That's going for 35 bucks or 50 If you want to buy it now So that could be a really good deal It says there's a lot of stuff on it How much? 35 bucks or 50 if you want to get, buy it now. Smell mercy. Uh, let's see exactly what it's got on there. Bard's Tale 1, 2, 3, and Construction Set, Might and Magic 4 and 5, Stone Keep, Ultima Underworld 1 and 2, Dragon Wars, Wasteland, and Wizardry Gold.
1: Uh, a lot of those are on GOG. I mean, if you bought them at retail, it would probably add up to that much, but wait for a GOG sale dragon wars you know i'm trying to remember if i have that one or not because that one was one that i did play back in the day and i thought i saw it on gog or somewhere at one point or maybe i just downloaded an old dos version that's kind of an old that was one of the ones that we were passing around in school in computer club class and farting around with anyways it's it's uh it's the fallout podcast so let's get back on track and talk about fallout 2 Uh, post-nuclear role-playing game i mean that's how you know it's post-nuclear it's right there in the title this was developed by black isle studio published by interplay entertainment released on september 30th 1998 this is a single-player rpg released on microsoft windows and macintosh coming to you on one floppy cd Uh, no floppy disk a cd i
2: think i think the mac release was several years later
1: yeah. Just a feeling. And just to really drive your back, just to really help you get in reverse and to draw your mind back then, let's go over the system requirements. This requires, I hope you got this, an Intel Pentium 90 CPU, Microsoft Windows 95 or higher, 16 megabytes of RAM, a two speed CD ROM, and DirectX 3.0A if you're going to play it on Windows. You're going to also need.
2: And how much hard drive space do you
3: need?
1: You know, it doesn't point that out, but you will need a one megabyte VESA compliant. SVGA graphics card and it would help if you had a Sound Blaster compatible sound card unless you want to play the thing on mute so bam can
0: you still hmm. <laughs>
1: I would highly recommend if you're going to play this grab the, uh, whoa, can you even get the gog for... no, that's also out, Is that, was that you outlawed can't. with you can't, oh, sorry guys ha <laughs> ha let's, let's see what it would cost on eBay,
0: oh geez well this one does get re-released with on c d with the uh, with tactics and uh one fairly frequently, so I think it's probably only like ten bucks
1: i mean the challenge there is you'd want a recent re-release because playing that in a windows sixty four bit environment like seven windows seven or eight might be difficult otherwise
2: I see a brand new one for c d ROm for windows vista x p two thousand whatever
1: mm-hmm. for
2: eight eighty nine and that's with shipping
1: well there you go. Uh, and yeah. Windows Vista, was that 64 or 32, or did you have your choice on that one?
0: I think Vista was a, still a 32. Ooh. I, so, I should actually point out that the game is playable on OnLive. OnLive? So yes, the, the, the subscription streaming thing.
1: Oh. Hmm. Huh. Well, there you go. Go check out OnLive.
2: While tempting given that my internet died several times while I was playing the game. It's a good thing it didn't require me to be online.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have I
2: slammed Suddenlink lately? Let me do it again. You suck, Suddenlink.
1: This is this is the part of the show where I hand the mic over to the two experts. Why don't you guys kick this off by uh, doing what we always do. Let's start talking about the story and plot
0: of Fallout 2.
2: You want to go for it, Scott, or shall I?
0: Okay, so... Um some decades after the events of Fallout 1, the uh, survivors of Vault 21, uh, Kalapa, who have somehow regressed into acting like Native Americans, as portrayed by movies from the 50s, I don't... That that never gets really well fleshed out. No.
2: But But they founded a village named Arroyo, which is somewhere in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, somewhere that away. And it's Facing a terrible, terrible drought. So they uh, pick you as uh, the most awesomest of the tribe to go seek out Vault 13 uh, to find the uh, Garden of Eden creation kit.
2: You're the chosen one.
0: Yeah, they choose you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But if they call you the chosen one, then that means you're inherently awesome, right?
0: Well, considering that the guy that chose you is the protagonist of the first game maybe that's kind of neat
2: that is neat i didn't realize that
0: yeah no it it's like apparently your character makes it to like 90 billion years old
2: <laughs> well let's see i think this is takes place 80 years after the first one so what would that make him well over 100 right
0: just it, about cuz i think the your starting age options were like 17 to 19
2: it must be the radiation <laughs>
0: Yeah. Desert air, that's what it is.
2: Combination of things, I bet. At, At any rate, sadly, he does not live through the whole game. No. Instead, he gets to show up every now and again with visions to compel you to keep going for the GECK because things just keep getting worse in the
3: village.
0: Except there's no real ticking clock element to it and the game is really big and open so you will wander around doing complete and utter nonsense most of the time
2: there might be a ticking clock but no there I,
0: actually it, isn't
2: okay I was gonna say, I was gonna be really generous and say if you take 15 years say to get everything done then it might kick in but
0: no no gonna it, do that. <laughs> it, it's like oblivion <laughs> 400 days later it's like hey that that apocalypse it's a problem yeah,
2: you really ought to get on that, but you know we'll we'll be fine if you take another four hundred days out. Don't worry yeah. too much. And yeah, so until that happens, which is near the end of the story, then you just get to wander around and see what a great world this is, and usually kill a lot of the people in it. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, well let's let's deal with all the stuff that you can do in a minute, because. Otherwise, we'll get distracted from the eventual plot that kicks in near the end, which is that all of your villagers get kidnapped once you do find Vault 13 by the Enclave,
0: which is the United
2: States government. They're jerks. What a shock. And you track them down. The president
0: of the Enclave is named Dick Richardson. (laughs) That's double dick. He's kind of a tool just
2: a little, but he's voiced by Jeffrey Jones which is cool Mm -hmm. and yeah, he has to tell you the usual spiel, which is that in the name of humanity taking over again we are creating, I forget what they call the virus, but it's designed to wipe out everything that's not pure human
0: yeah, it's the FEV virus, and it will kill anything that's even mildly mutated so, everyone
2: fortunately you are able to kill this guy I did. Yeah. I have no regrets.
0: No regrets. Like, as a tool.
2: And then after you do that, you can set the rig to blow up, which I did, and then you have to fight, uh, Frank Horrigan, as I recall, the massive dude, with an emboss knife.
0: Yeah, he, he's, he's really stupidly designed. (laughs) like, hey, let's let let, let let's just have this uber NPC who has the best armor and is also a massive super mutant, except that he's immune to the normal things that kill super mutants.
2: I think he's immune to criticals, too, because I didn't get one when I was attacking him.
0: Yeah, no, I tend to play this game as a crit-stacking whore and, uh, nothing.
2: But his death animation is kind of cool. His, to- his lower body comes off and he's kind of crawls towards you using only his arms before you talk to him again and he finally dies. And he's voiced by Michael Dorn, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, And I learned the hard way that when you fight this guy, you really might want to go down not into the center of the room, but stick to the wall so you can alter the computer program to have the the guns in the room shoot him instead. Because otherwise he'll probably... Make you go through your entire supply of stim packs, and even that might not be enough.
0: Yeah,
1: doesn't sound like a very nice guy. Doesn't sound like somebody not... you want to invite down on a date.
0: No, no, he's he's not. He's not a nice man. The, o- no. the, un- the whole enclave are just dicks.
2: Even the guys you can convince to help you fight him, but you know, since you did convince them to help you fight him, and they can come with you to escape the meltdown, so. I guess they get slight bonus points for that because they provide valuable targets other than you.
1: <clears throat> yeah, having other other targets out there, so you're not the only guy getting shot, is always a good thing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, those like four dogs that'll join you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't meet any of them. Really. Not, I, did, not dog I didn't meat. find dog meat. I didn't find whatever that dog is that will stick to you and you have to kill it real fast or else it'll drag your luck down.
0: <laughs> well, you you already have to have terrible <laughs> luck to oh, okay. begin with.
2: Maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. I did find the, the special encounter with the unwashed villagers going after whoever that guy was, but... I didn't know what the hell I was doing at the time, so I actually shot at the unwashed villagers.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll happen.
2: And then I researched it and realized, ah oh, man, I just saved the, the the jerk on the interplay of forums who kept calling out the design team. <laughs> Did I really want to do that?
0: Yeah, maybe someone's gotta stand up for the night cases on the forums. Not me.
2: <laughs> yeah. If I had it to do again I wouldn't do it that way But He did have an awful lot of HP For looking like a regular old man
0: Well You know how trolls are They're uh, pretty resilient It's true So you didn't find any of the companions Not like the albino deathclaw Not like uh, Not many I
2: I got got, uh, Sulik real early which was helpful, because oh, yeah. I was weak at the beginning.
0: So uh, su so looks actually harder to come by. There's a few that you just kind of have to walk up and ask. And yeah, I got
2: Cassidy completely by accident. I start talking to this guy who runs a bar. And I just managed to convince him, Hey, why don't you leave the bar behind and come with me? And Cassidy's good with a shotgun, so I was glad to have him along. And I got Vic. And eventually he became kind of worth having, just because I... Filled him full of ammo and he shot things, and he shot them well enough that he helped me kill. So I was glad to have him along. But I never got the perk to have a fourth member, so I, those three.
0: Oh man, so you didn't find Skynet?
2: I didn't. I know I should have.
0: You should see, Skynet was fun. Like, there was a whole quest where you had to help out this robot guy.
2: that and when I explored that area my science skills weren't very high yet so I didn't know if I would be able to wake him up successfully and I did find Marcus but my party roster was full so I didn't necessarily want the mutant who would probably use his minigun to shoot everybody down
0: why wouldn't you want him
2: because I was full what was I going to do kill one of my people yeah I probably should have done that actually
0: you you probably should have gotten rid of Vic.
2: Because then I would have had another guy voiced by Michael Dorn on my team. That would have been awesome.
0: You always need more Michael Dorn.
2: Pretty much true. Okay, so, New Reno. Apparently, the ratio of prostitutes to other citizens in New Reno is about um, 1 to 3, something like that.
0: Well, New Reno is a tourist mecca for all the prostitutes. So there you go. Got to have high supply.
2: Those prostitutes must be turning awesome tricks, though, because usually you can't support that many... that high a prostitute-to-citizen ratio. I'm just saying.
1: Well, you can now.
2: And I found that when you kill off one of the mob families, the prostitutes outside, even though they suck at it completely, will try to fight you anyway.
0: Well, you just killed their primary source of income that wasn't you'd very think nice
2: they would be st- you'd think they would be a little smarter than to take their knives and go after the guy who just slaughtered about 30 people in the casino Hey, but no
0: they're committed
2: they, they must be addicted to Jet right
0: yeah oh we that and they're probably messed up on Jet <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah let's see what's the, what is the name of the guy who made Jet you talked to him in one sub scenario Remember the pimply-faced dude?
0: Yeah, that guy.
2: And apparently he's so awful in combat that I'm glad I didn't invite him to join.
0: But it gives you more Jet.
2: Jet. Oh, I'll, I'll remember his name eventually.
0: Myron something? No, it's not Myron.
2: That actually sounds right.
0: Yeah, it might be Myron. There we go.
2: Um. Let's see. And there was a robo dog in Navarro, and I. F- I frankly got sick of carrying the stupid chip around because I was trying to load up on ammo just so I could kill everybody in Navarro. And but I just said, "Screw the robo dog. I'll, I'll come back for it later." And I never did. May have been a bad decision. Mm.
1: Bro, do you have some jet?
2: Honestly, there are a lot of people with jet on their corpses in this game, or you can just steal it from them. Jet, and then because jet is weightless, you can carry as much as you want of it.
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: And then sell it.
2: Damn straight.
0: See that? See that's why there's so much jet around. Is traders smart, savvy traders who just pile up all the things that don't weigh anything to sell for later. Like my thousands upon thousands of pencils
2: <laughs> Well, stem packs also have no weight Those are good to have around
0: But I need those
2: <laughs> Exactly So you don't sell them, you just hold them Yeah Of course, ammo tends to weigh a lot When you gather enough of it
0: you know, Only once you get into triple digits of anything
2: It's true. It made me kind of happy that I was focusing on small guns, though, because that way I don't blow through all of my ammo in one fight.
0: Oh, that's just the fallout experience, not having any ammo.
2: (laughs) So what, then I get to go punch things again?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. You should always, always spec for punching.
2: But I got my small gun skills up to, I think, 170%, maybe more cuz let me t- cuz criticals to the eyes are awesome that is true i i just love getting that text you critical to you critical to the eyes for 155 damage this causes severe blindness as if there is any other kind uh, and then most of the enemies after you've blinded them will just run away because they bow down to blindness and then you can kill them at your leisure I do not let my enemies run away, and they try to on the random maps, because they're jerks.
1: Jerks.
2: They're trying to run away. I can't have that. I've got to kill them so that I can loot their corpses. That's just how these things work.
1: Well, that is logical.
2: Of course, then they usually have weapons that I don't need, so I end up dumping them in the car trunks so that I can sell things later.
0: So- well, yeah. What else are car trunks for, except for your bullets? And maybe some dead guys.
1: Maybe some dead guys.
0: So, what did... What are your thoughts on this, this story, though? Um, see, it... There, there's so much little stuff that is so much fun in the game that it makes you kind of forget that the the big actual main plot is kind of dumb.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you go in for a gripping central story, you're not going to get much. But if you go in expecting to find lots of neat little things along the way, you will get that in spades. So I, I guess that that's the recommendation right there. If you enjoy fun tangents along the way, like Picking your mob family to help in New Reno and killing off the other three. Or, let's see, going, in, yeah. going into a boxing tournament also in New Reno. And maybe not doing very well because you need really high strength to do it, but it's fun.
0: Yeah, I mean you can also become a porn star.
2: It's true, and my stats weren't good enough to make that work, so I uh, I got embarrassed. I wasn't a good porn star. Or you can get married to those two idiots in, uh. What was it? Klamath? The
0: Den? Something think, like that. Something like that.
2: And you can watch as they suck so horribly that they get killed probably in the first fight, and then you become a widow or a widower. But you can do it! Or you can break up a slave ring in. I think this is Klamath just go kill all the slavers after stealing from them first. You can steal the shotgun right off the head slaver and then he'll run away from you because he he was too stupid to notice you grabbing the shotgun out of his pocket. And then free the slaves, or kill them all if you want. They're easy pickings. Or uh, fixing the nuclear reactor in Gecko Town. Or pissing off the two towns uh what was it Vault City and Gecko Town don't like each other very much so you can fan the flames of their hatred or you can make them work together a little better and eventually you learn that Vault City just takes over Gecko Town and makes all the the ghouls there into slaves anyway
0: yeah sometimes things don't go as planned
2: sometimes even with the best of karmic intentions you cannot convince people to be nice it just doesn't happen yeah Or you can go down to um, uh, What is the town Marcus is in? It's Uh, the place
3: with
0: uh, It's not I don't remember now
2: Yeah, it's the place with The mine that you can go into And if you don't have some means of uh, Breathing the air, then you're going to take Horrible damage real fast
0: Yeah
2: I forget what the freaking point of that was oh, you, you can find a guy just hiding in the cave back there, and I, I guess I ran into a little bug there because he never woke up for me, but I still got experience just for finding this idiot. And apparently if you don't run into the bug that I did, then he will wake up, run out of the cave, and wow, you just found a pilot who's been hiding in this mine for months, I guess, eating... I'm not sure we want to know what he's been eating. You don't want to know. I don't think anyone does. No. Um and let's see there's
0: and then there's stumbling across the piles upon piles upon piles of stupid pop culture references that don't fit anywhere that that's a fun activity sometimes
2: i I feel sad that I didn't run into the other holy grail reference. I did run into the bridge with the keeper <laughs> mm-hmm. But I never ran into the Rabbit and the Holy Hand Grenade, which apparently are in there. They're in there. Uh, I ran into... I can't remember the name of this encounter. It's just a couple of dilapidated bars where people are talking about all the game mechanics of Fallout 1 and 2. and It's some kind of special encounter. I just can't remember what the hell they called it because it even shows up on the map after you leave that place. And the Unwashed Villagers, of course. Mm -hmm. I know there were a bunch of others, but I'm not... I don't think I got many of them.
0: Uh, There's there's a lot of, like, random shout-outs in the dialogue. I I did kind of like, if, if you recruit Myron and have the car already... You you can tell him it's 106 miles to Arroyo, we've got a full fusion cell, half a pack of right away, it's midnight, and I'm wearing a 50-year-old bun- oh, 13 jumpsuit. Hit it.
2: Well, I do remember... What is Gordon of Gecko tells you that greed is good. Yes. Which is true, at least for him. Um... Well, okay. Let, here, let's let's address this. The Temple of Trial. It sucks.
0: Oh God, that opening is so hard.
2: I, I remember when I first started this game. You just plunged in there. Here, you're the chosen one. Go through the Temple of Trials, and uh, yeah, have fun with that. And even once you get through with it, you're still stuck pretty much with your fists, or I'm sorry, a spear. Ooh, hey. that, now that is a great weapon in the Fallout universe A spear Compared to A pistol or a rifle
0: Hey you have one One remote detonator mine left That's totally not useless
2: <laughs> Do you? I seem to remember having to use it to open one of the doors Inside the stupid temple
0: I think they gave you a couple of tries at it Just in case your demo skill was terrible
2: yeah, mine wasn't very good because it blew up prematurely. Yeah. Then again, unless you deliberately plan, man, I want to pull, I want to bump up demolitions right now. Then you're probably not going to be good enough to make it work with level one skills.
0: That is true. Like you, like this is a game where you kind of want to decide on a. You, you kind of want to maybe just have a save file right after the Temple of Trials and then use uh, an editor to tweak your build every time you do a new play you're through.
2: Yeah, I should. Do. I have a couple of save files not long after I got out of there, and I intend to go back to them because small guns are awesome, but I may just have to try large guns or energy weapons sometime and see if the insane en- ammo output justifies. Their destructive
4: potential.
1: Well, it sounds like you can do that, but you need to be able to, um, you know, have your fist as a backup. Have some fisticuff skills. It sounds from what Scott if was saying. S- if you've got fisticuff s- gun, is
0: really handy in the early game when you are going to run out of bullets after every fight.
2: Yeah, and your accuracy is low enough that you're likely not going to hit it, hit things every time with the bullets anyway. But as you get later in the game, you run into people who sell things, and generally they will offer you enough bullets, especially if you go with small guns, that you are unlikely to run out of ammunition unless you just run around the world map looking for trouble and get into it every chance you get. Which is fun, because killing things is fun in this game. Then again, if you go with large guns, which I didn't, then you'll probably blow through a couple of clips of ammo with every turn. I've seen the enemies run out of ammo real fast with that kind of armament.
1: Oh, that's funny. Enemy runs out of ammo.
2: (laughs) Yeah, then they break out the brass knucks or something and try to punch you to death.
1: well well, that's not
0: nice it isn't nice
2: or if it's a mutant and you've tried shooting it in the groin then the mutant will generally go ha 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 that is human weakness and take pathetic damage because you shouldn't be shooting mutants in the groin go for the eyes
1: go for the eyes
2: boo again criticals to the eyes are awesome I don't know why a critical to the eyes makes the enemy's torso explode, but whatever, I'll take it.
1: Ah, who are you to look a gift, you know, explosion in the mouth?
2: It works. That it does. Um, let's see. Yeah, and even with things that don't have eyes they'll usually have something like sensors for weapons platforms that you can aim at and do nasty damage and then these stupid machines will have to spend a turn or so just recalibrating their circuitry or some crap I'm a fan
1: (laughs) so you like the, uh, the combat system it sounds like well it's
0: it's it's the same as before, and it still has that same problem of figuring out when to click and which key is bound to what it's yeah, like going we, to... Might, we
2: might as well address the the interaction because uh it took me a long time i'm talking it was almost the end of the game before I figured out how to rest <laughs> Some of these things are not self explanatory at all if you don't have a manual which I didn't
1: Who needs a manual? Come on, Minky.
2: Well, I have to relate Mr. John Stringer's experience. He got stuck in this game because an NPC would not move out of his path. I don't know the exact circumstances here, but I eventually found the way to push NPCs who have stupidly gotten in your path out of it. And trust me, you will probably want to use this or else you will have to keep reloading save files, because your stupid NPCs have just blocked you. Get out of my way, you moron! But there is a way to do it. And you will want to use it. It's similar to the way that that you refuel the car, which you will definitely want to do, because the car is awesome. It's a car. Hmm. It's got a trunk, man! Storage space! For got bullets! Little... Yeah, apparently it can take infinite bullets, because they take up no room in the trunk. I'm cool with that. Uh, okay, I did not use throwing knives or grenades at all. Are are those worth investing any points in?
0: Not really. They're really clunky as to how they're used. I seem to recall there being, like, this whole thing about grenades scattering and misfiring half the time anyhow.
2: Oh, that's just what we want.
0: Yeah, just what you want with high explosives, especially when your companions run out of ammo and start punching guys. Or are all dogs, because that happened to me.
2: (laughs) Well, that means that they're very unlikely to run out of ammo.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: I don't Yeah, I, I actually did ask the Deathclaw that you find in Vault 13 to join, but he told me, oh, you've got too many people. And, uh... Oh, well. Sulik, Vic, and Cast got the job done, and Vic was the weak link, but he had enough ammo that he was useful anyway. So let's see. What NPCs are we forgetting here?
0: Oh, you know, some red shirts, the Guardian of Forever. There's a, I mean, in terms of actual serious characters, there's... Eh...
3: Yeah.
0: Not everyone is popping out
2: right now. All I can think about is the request of the new emperor of San Francisco, because the town was repopulated by a Chinese submarine. Oh yeah, to go to go kill off the hubologists, which is some kind of not very veiled dig at Scientology. So go kill them. I did, and I feel good about myself for killing the hubologists. Especially the stupid ones, the new recruits who had no weapons and were just trying to flail at me in their stupid robes. They wanted to die. I granted their wish.
0: Too dumb to live.
2: Exactly. Hell, if the guards in the habologists' camp were too stupid or too deaf to notice that I was shooting people in the other corner of the place and just waited for me to come close and kill them nice, close, and personal, that really tells you a lot about the intellect that goes into this organization. It's kind of the same for the mob bosses because the people on the floors you are not currently on have no sensory perception of what's happening around them. They will just wait for you to come down or up and kill them instead of coming up to you and maybe overwhelming you with numbers, or at least trying. But, you know, <laughs> that's probably because if they did all come at you at once, things would get really crowded.
0: <laughs> probably. I mean, you, you, you gotta fit. Feel- you gotta remember that there's only so much space in those little rooms. They just get stuck in the stairs.
2: Yeah, and, and honestly, it takes long enough to wait for your next turn when there's a dozen guys shooting at you. If you double that, then it just gets even more ridiculous. Although it is pretty funny watching them shoot down the casino patrons, because apparently, well, that is much easier than taking you on.
0: Well, yeah. And let's
2: see, I tried being a girl... Mostly because I had heard that you can screw people for certain things, and what do you know, you can.
0: Well, that's still true of males. Like, I, I think I remember my first playthrough. Like, the very first thing I did once I left Arroyo was like killing some geckos for money, and then after you do that, they'll they'll like the woman there will offer you to uh, offer will proposition you, you to increase the buying price of your gecko hides, and then she gives you a disease. <laughs> Like, the screen fades to black, and the first prompt is, you are now diseased.
2: I kind of want to see that. Of course, that means I would have to go through the Temple of Trials again. Uh,
3: yeah. uh,
2: well, let's see. The guy who's got Vic, uh, Metzger, I think is his name, if you're a woman, then you can sig- significantly take down the price of getting Vic by uh, going in the back room and giving him some service i um, trying to remember other instances. I mean, it, it probably makes a difference if you try to become a porn star, but... Uh, I don't know. I think one of my stats was too low to be a really good porn star. I think it was endurance. Which makes sense. You need high endurance if you're going to be a porn champion.
3: Um... I
0: guess, mechanically, the biggest new thing was actually uh, a reputation system, which went along with Karma, where... It would change how you would... Even, even individual towns would see you, and certain reput. And it was more than just a score. There were elements to it. Like, if you had a habit of, uh, you know, killing children, people really didn't like you.
2: <laughs> Apparently, this game had to be altered for release in Europe because you can kill children, and that's not allowed in European games.
0: Well, the, the Germans, they don't like that. <laughs>
2: yeah trying to make up for that mustachioed fellow who took him over for a while. Uh yeah, I, I must have I I was per- portraying pretty much the saint path. I think I had a 1700 positive karma by the end and in almost every place people at least liked me and in some places they adored me. Except in the raiders camp, the the spot that's been troubling vault city commerce. I went in there and killed everybody.
0: Well yeah, cuz no one likes you. <laughs>
2: I don't well, know who was that. left not to like me in that place. I killed <laughs> all of them. But my reputation was rock bottom there. <laughs> um, yeah, there's San Francisco. There's New arena. There's, uh, there's the military base, which is apparently full of mutants. There's, there's Vault 13. There's Vault 15. There's Vault City. There's the Den. Oh, Redding! Yes. Redding, where it crashed a couple times, probably because it's kind of like the real Redding.
0: Or it's, it's, you know, the first Obsidian game, which means in many ways better, but also buggy and (laughs) overambitious.
2: This is true. But I'm chalking up some significance to it crashing for the first time when I got to Redding, and uh, I think I was running around in the mines killing rats. But... Maybe the game sensed that I don't like the real Reading and and tried to deal with that by making my experience worse. I can't come up with any logical reason for this, but somehow it seemed to happen. And if you'd been to the real Reading, you might understand why I don't like it very much.
0: Is it was a terrible place?
2: Not really. It's just people sometimes, especially from humble, treat it as, "Oh, that's a big city." And yeah, if you compare it to. A podunk cannot out in the middle of nowhere, then yeah, it's a city, but compared to any actual city, like Toronto, San Francisco, Seattle, then it's absolutely nothing. Oh, and it's where Working Designs used to be based, for whatever that's worth.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that makes it a special place for a lot of people.
2: <laughs> I don't see what Vic Ireland saw in the place, but then I don't see what a lot of people see in the place. There, I slammed Redding. There we Anybody go. Anybody who's been there, deal with it. Um, well, let's see. You know, I don't. Just in case anybody's still got questions, the basic combat system is this: you enter combat mode, and then you cho- you have a, a pool of action points to use each turn, and you can use those either for movement, which is a hexagonal grid, which is interesting.
0: Hex grids are gack- neat.
2: They are you don't see them very often
0: yeah and that's a mistake on the part of the entire world is not using hex grids enough
2: i'll never know why people apparently love their squares for whatever reason
0: yeah, they're just easy to they're just easier
2: what do you think phil hexagons or squares
1: yeah uh, hexagons they're uh yeah, yeah, yeah scott's right they're just not used enough and it always bothers me that You know, in a lot of games, they can't seem to get those diagonals right. Where you start going diagonals and
0: such, and even even just facing feels better on a hex.
1: Yeah, facing feels better. Just everything feels better on a hex. Go hex. Doing like area effects, like circles, a lot easier with hexes. It's just everything's easier with hexes. I, I don't know why we don't all switch to hexes. Dang it. That was actually one of – I'm a big fan of the Heroes of Might and Magic series, and uh, that was kind of one of the disappointing things was I believe two and three used hexes. I don't recall four off the top of my head because I didn't play too much four, but when I got into five and it went back to you know just a pure squares, I was like, it took a step back. Bad, bad. Strategic and tactical combat should be on hexes. Yay, hexes.
2: I think we'll have a version of that when we – when the next Fallout game comes up, but let's not get off subject too much right now.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, and depending on what weapon you're using, and you can change it on the fly, depending on whatever you've got in your inventory, you can punch things, you can break out the brass knucks, you can use your spear, you can use that two twenty three caliber pistol, you can, if you're late in the game and you've got some 2mm ammo, you can use the M72 Gauss rifle and just blow things away, because... That rifle is awesome. You can use your shotgun. You can use your laser pistol. Pick your weapon and kill things. Or you can use an extra action point and instead of just hitting th- something randomly. You can pick a part of its body to aim for. For some reason it's harder to hit the eyes than anything else, but boy, when you do it just it's just so satisfying. Or you can shoot it in the leg and watch it usually collapse as, as the kneecap blows out. Or you can hit it in the head. I don't know why a critical to the head doesn't hurts slightly less than a critical to the eyes, but I'll run with it.
0: Well, that skull just slows it down a little. These guys reveled in the gore. I mean, Fallout 1 had some gore, but 2 was just like, let's go nuts.
2: It's true. Half the time, it's the torso blowing out in a gigantic hole it looks like a railgun went through there. But you get some other stuff. Those, those scorpions die in grisly ways. Those wolves just die in red piles of blood.
3: That is I, I have true. no problem.
2: I have no problem with watching things that were just trying to kill me get blown apart. And the graphics aren't exactly so awesome that you're going that families all over the world are going to scream. Oh, but what about the children? Mostly because children nowadays are too stupid to play. No, I won't generalize. Most children around the world nowadays will not look at a game like this twice. They're yeah, lost.
0: No. They are missing out. Don Kids and their rap music. Gotta do something about those little buggers. Rap musicians?
2: Exactly. I can name off a bunch of rap musicians that I hate right now, but... Again, I think we're hitting off track. Uh, oh yes, the language. I did not expect the the mofo bomb to be dropped multiple times in this. Obviously... Hey. Obviously, everything, everything
0: got blasted in nuclear fire, including common courtesy.
2: Well, it does mean that in the three hundred or so years since the bombs fell, the language has not come up with a new insult of that caliber. People are still using it.
0: Well, we've been we've been using that for four hundred years already, as of right now. Why? Why would that change four hundred years in the future?
2: Just because. There would probably be some new vocabulary terms after the bombs fell, and people break into small subsets for survival. But you know that that's such an in-depth writing experience that would probably be better conveyed with a book than a game.
0: Just saying. The word's got some legs.
2: That's true. It also means that the ESRB apparently didn't care about PC stuff too much because that probably would have earned it an AO.
0: I don't think so. Actually, yeah, no, this probably should have been rated AO. Well,
2: yeah, you can also screw people. That's didn't isn't that what got San Andreas pulled off the shelves?
0: Well, that was that was just moral panic. That was stupid.
2: And the culture has ch- changed how much between the years 1998 and 2006? Not that much. Yeah, but in
0: 1998 we were still upset about movies corrupting children and magic cards. Now the, now we know those are harmless, because it's video games that are killing the children.
2: Yeah, I think that was right around the time Mr. Clinton was making all the waves. All the outrage went for him. That is true. Well, let's see. What, what haven't we covered?
0: I think we've hit most everything, although I will mention now that the central MacGuffin of the game, the GECK, it's a box full of seeds... And a handy flashlight. I'm gonna say this now, so that we can when we come back around to three. My rage will uh, have some precedent.
2: I would have to question how that is going to solve a drought, but
0: who, well, they, who would ever
2: bring that into it?
0: It, it was just Voltec marketing. They they believed it because they're stupid. It was a joke. That was the whole argue. joke. And someone missed a memo down the line.
2: <laughs> Story of the world. Yep. Uh, you know, mentioning Fallout Three, I'm rather curious what Black Isle Studios had in mind for that title. Which oh, Van
0: Buren? There's ton yeah. of like since um, since Black Isle kind of fell apart. A few of the guys on the team have come out and shown off a bunch of stuff from it like there there's like a whole wiki of stuff that was just cut from or conceived of for their yeah. Fallout 3.
2: It's just based on what Black was able to do, I think its conception of Fallout 3 would have been very worth playing. It was going to be released in 2002 or 3,
0: which probably which was... 3.
2: But we'll never get to see exactly what was in mind, sadly. Because Black Isle's back, but it's not really the same company, is it?
0: No, it, it's it's just a name.
2: Um, well, yeah, I, I haven't touched much of Fallout 1, but I gather that they look pretty much the same, right?
0: Yeah, almost entirely.
2: So don't go into this looking for a great-looking game that's just going to pop off the screen... Although, then again, if it was in 3D, then it would look probably somewhere between Quake and Ultima 9, and neither of those things. Bad. <laughs> that would have aged much worse. Um, And the sound effects for your weapons are awesome. They are. And the instant you can find some 2mm ammo, which will probably be near the end in San Francisco, break out that M72 Gauss rifle because it kills things deader than. Almost anything you've got. Love that rifle. I I don't think I've got anything
1: left.
0: I I I think we're I think we're done here.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well you did go through a lot of post apocalyptic detail. Yep. Was, oh
2: yes, you can get experience for shoveling Brahmin done.
0: <laughs> hey, it's a quest. It counts.
2: Yeah, and the whole idea of the brahmin, which is pretty much a cow, except it's got two heads instead of one. that's That just shows you what kind of world you're living in now. Hmm. Also, those stupid geckos. I can't believe I was being killed by geckos in the beginning of the game.
0: Wow. They're big and scary and poisonous.
2: They are. The radiation blessed the geckos while it did almost nothing to the rats. Even the mutant rats just looked like hairy pig things. Oh no, they're mutated pig rats, I'm sorry. But for geckos to give me a bigger fight than mutated pig rats, that seems slightly wrong. I'll I'll grant you that the fire geckos are nasty suckers, though. Hate those things. Okay, now I'm done.
3: Okay.
1: Oh, well... Anything else, gentlemen? I mean, sounds like you had lots and lots of fun with this. As you said, you know, maybe the young kids won't get it because, you know, it obviously isn't a graphical powerhouse or anything like that. But as long as you can bring your imagination to the table where graphics maybe fall a little short, uh, this thing will provide your mind with, sounds like, a lot of ammunition, pun intended. Um,
2: I can wish that there was a little more voice acting because there isn't a whole lot in the game, but what's there is very good.
1: You mentioned Michael Dorn, right? Yeah, he voices
2: one guy who can join you and the final boss.
1: I mean, come on. What's not to like there? In fact, I'm sitting here for my birthday. Somebody gave me a Star Trek The Next Generation communicator. So since you started talking about Michael Dorn, I had to throw that on.
2: You're probably never going to get that chance again on the RPG. No, probably not.
1: Might as well take it. it. Wow, this is sharp. Wow, don't don't poke someone's eye out with the bottom side of this, this pendant, man. It'll poke someone's eye out. It was very nice, too. I'll have to take a picture and upload it maybe to the to the forums or something.
3: Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, but, yeah, sounds like y'all should write. You can't rush out and get it. Ah, it's no longer on GOG. Hopefully you got it. We, we mentioned this when we talked about Fallout 1. Hopefully you grabbed it when GOG and Steam were giving away free copies uh, right be- right before the whole licensing agreement or whatever expired, publishing agreement or whatever it's called, which was right at the end of the year. We talked about that before when that was going down. Because you get all of your retro news right here on the RPG Backtrack. Of course, half the time when we tell you about it, it's already expired, but that's beside the point. You still got it from RPG Backtrack. <laughs>
2: I'm sure people are listening to our earliest episodes from over four years ago, <laughs> and and listening to the things we said then about retro news and going,
1: why can't I find it now? Yeah. Well, that's every once in a while, and, and I'll tell you, it, you know, it's it doesn't happen often, but it does. Happen, And that's why whenever I see a retro game on GOG, uh, usually GOG, I love the fact that they're DRM free, but occasionally on Steam. But if I see a retro game that I really like, I grab that puppy, even if I don't have time to play it. I grabbed Fallout when it was on a GOG sale for like two or three bucks, even though I knew I probably wasn't going to have time in this lifetime to play it. Maybe when I'm retired or get a long vacation or something. But yeah, it can be taken off the market, so... Go figure that one out. And the nice thing about GOG games is uh, is that they do – they have gone back through and updated them all to work with Windows 7 and 8. So, I mean, at least all the games I've looked at that I've owned have, all, have now all been certified to work with Windows 7 and 8. And that's saying something because, uh, as I mentioned last week, I finally got a new computer. That's what we're recording on tonight. Windows 7, and uh, as some of you might have heard, Windows 7 and retro gaming don't always go hand in hand because it is a 64-bit operating system. I got the. I think old...
2: Windows 7 will work a lot better than Windows 8 on it.
1: Well, maybe, maybe. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in the final lap. But long story short is, when you get your games off a of GOG, uh, they do a pretty good job of keeping them updated, you know, for the for the new system. So, anywho, we're, uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Scott and Mike, because I, as you guys can tell, I had almost nothing to say. In fact, I didn't have anything really to say because I didn't actually get around to that one. So it was really exciting listening and re- uh, living that game for the first time vicariously through the two of you. Awesome stuff. And, and, and it's nice to know that really is, in a way, it's focused a lot more on the side stories, as you said before, rather than the main plot. Because if you're a busy person like I am, well, that means you can start getting into it. If you don't finish it, that's okay too, because you got to enjoy the the small stories along the way. So,
2: there's just something about receiving a mission from a mob boss to collect on a guy and having the option to force that guy to go down into the grave where he's buried the money, and then tossing the landmine that he was going to use on you down after him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that sounds like it's pretty pretty satisfying. Uh, let me uh, have either. I know you probably have it, Mike, but uh, Scott, have you played Fallout Three? Yes. When it comes to the sheer uh, feeling that you're being drawn, that you're role playing a character, which game do you think does it better, Fallout well, Two or Three?
0: Well, let, let 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 let's look at. Well, let, let's think about Bethesda now, where. Uh goddamn they think their story's important, but they won't ac- put any actual thought into it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, no. Two two gives you a very definite sense of you are approaching it no matter the way you want it, and it never seems to slap you on the wrist for anything. Unless you t- kill too many kids and then pe- townspeople just start turning on you on site. Mm-hmm.
2: How dare they those kids were asking for it
0: but you felt more
1: poop did you feel more pulled Especially
2: in Especially with- those kids in the I think it's the den who try to steal from you
1: but did you feel more pulled in with two or three as far as just an, an RPG experience okay. I mean just take it taking them in and, and why do you feel ultimately that that was what was what, what was it for you that that drew you in the most what, what elements of, of number two
0: uh it it felt like what i was doing like even just simple conversation options mattered like in 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 3 you'll you'll just click through the dialogue and the dialogue is either yes i'll do this or no please explain it again so i will so i'll say yes the next time
3: mhm
0: <laughs> like it it felt like everything that was on your character sheet came into play on everywhere else so you could be talk- talking to someone and if you rolled the character with absolutely abysmal intelligence your vocabulary was worse
3: hmm.
1: and, and that's yeah. true you kind of see that you kind of see that a, a lot in a lot of rpgs where you have these uh in- interpersonal skills diplomacy skills whatever you want to call them but they they, they they feel like they don't come into play, or they don't come into play very much, and you kind of feel like you know the points would have been much better spent putting it into a combat um, skill or something like that. So here it sounds like they really do count. Remember that we oh, remember do, that we well, played like the Gold Box. When you play like the Gold Box games. Like, why would you ever put points into charisma? In the Gold Box games because you had you, occasionally you'd have an interaction with an NPC that you had to make a yes or no decision on, or answer a question, or something along those lines. But you never really saw anywhere where the fact that you had a low or high charisma score really pulled it off. Later on in Neverwinter Nights, uh, in those games, you would see sometimes when you're talking with somebody who say, Do you want to use you know, in the dialogue options it was same parentheses diplomacy or intimidate or whatever, and you kind of felt like those skills played at least a little bit more of a role. But even there where it was a little bit more transparent and you could see that those were popping up from time to time, they still didn't feel like an integral. At the end of the day, the game just came down most of the time to combat. And it was even rare that Um, uh, a diplomacy skill or such could bypass the combat, much less get you through major challenges. But it sounds like here in Wasteland a lot of that does matter. I mean Wasteland. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Fallout 2. Sounds like that matters.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, there are spots where you're going to have to fight anyway, but that's why you can have NPCs. If you really want to focus on speech or something, then you can have the NPCs help you out there.
1: Yeah, eh. yeah.
2: And Frank Horrigan is not going to be dissuaded from attacking you at the end, but you have ways of stacking the deck so that you will win.
1: Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, All right, so If you got Fallout 2 You got some really great reasons to go back and play it And that's what we do here at the RPGA Backtrack We know that all of you who are listening Have this huge ass backlog of games We're here to help you sort that out So this one sounds like one that should work Its way up to the top of your list sooner Rather than later We're going to take a little bit of a break And we'll come back and Probably wrap this up with the final lap We'll see, we'll see how we're feeling We'll be right back From the recent past, this is the segment of the show where we talk about a game or two games or three games or whatever that have come out about two years ago to let you know whether or not you should go back and buy them. If you haven't bought them yet, go back and play them if they're sitting in your backlog and eh, along those lines. Today we're going to talk about Mass Effect 3, an action RPG developed by BioWare, published by EA. This was uh, released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, and later on the Wii U. Released originally in North America on March 6, 2012, and later on the Wii U, November 28, 2012. It, really? Huh. Wii U is that? Oh yeah, I guess it has been out that would have long. Been Damn, long. I'm, I'm getting old. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a single-player co-op. That's enough and... time
2: for the Wii U sales cycle to <laughs> not hit critical mass. Not hit credit. Yeah. yeah.
1: This is a single-player co-op and a multiplayer RPG experience coming to you on an optical disc or via download on EA Origins, EA Origin download service. So, where I have it sitting at. So there's one of us here who actually has played through this, and it's not me, because it's sitting in my backlog. But our good friend, Mr. Scott Wachter, has a little insight for us. Take it away.
0: All right, so we are going to get to this game probably by the end of the year-ish. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, so I'm just going to leave this with uh, a little teaser. Mass Effect 3 is the end of a grand trilogy of games, with... That are known for character interactions and really strong NPCs that you really kind of bond with in a in a special way. So when you get to the last real uh, real dialogue section of the game, of course you you have this opportunity to say goodbye to all of your old party members, and then halfway through you have to do a goddamn turret section because someone said it's been more than seven minutes since he killed anything, so let's just interrupt <laughs> this emotional moment
4: with <laughs> <in a> goddamn
1: turret <laughs> section.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> I sense EA involvement.
3: Oh, that is it's hilarious. It
1: it's a has a been seven bit. minutes since you've killed something, so even though we're in the middle of this tinder moment, let's just throw some more monsters at you. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, dude. I mean, not so much, but, you know... That does sound the like a corporate thing to do. Market research
2: has told us that people are unable to go more than seven minutes without killing things.
1: I, and said oh. said
2: an anonymous spokesperson from EA. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! That just kind of wow. That just that's like an exclamation point onto my my line of thought regarding this series. Which I yeah yeah that's funny though. All right, I'm sorry. Keep 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 going.
0: No, that's all I have to say right now. Uh, okay,
1: that is uh, that is wow, <laughs> Turret section.
0: That, that serves the function of a teaser.
1: Oh my gosh! So yes, keep listening to the RPG backtrack. <laughs> we'll be talking more uh, down the road about the Mass Effect trilogy. All right, uh, we'll take a, another quick break, and we'll wrap this up with the final lap. This is the final app. This is the part of the show where we read your comments, questions. We banter back and forth. Just talk about whatever comes off the top of our heads. It's Kind of the kitchen sink part of the show. But we get the important and fun stuff out of the way first. And uh, so first off, we'll mention that you'll want to come back in a few weeks. RPG Backtrack number 116, The Secret Ingredient. Where we're going to be talking about the trilogy of Atelier games on the PS3. Atelier Arona, Atelier Totori. And Atelier maru, maru, maru as Chris uh, pronounced it, I believe on RPG Cast. RPG That's Cast not all
2: the Atelier games on PS3. They're,
1: they no, but it, the, aren't those like a trill? But aren't aren't these three in yeah. particular tied in together specifically?
0: Yeah, they're they're all set in the same area.
3: Yeah.
2: is it the Alchemist of Arland? That sounds right for some reason.
1: I don't know, but I'm sure who I'm sure our panel of experts who will be on here next week will tell us more. Um so you'll want to check that out uh, in the meantime, we've gone to the future let's go to the past, let's read your comments from our last episode, number 114 where we talked about uh, Tactics Ogre, or Ogre Tactics or Ogre battle Tactics something along those lines Silktail said I couldn't save every version of Final Fantasy V but it usually has this battle we were talking about the battle speed and whether or not there's a battle speed option in Final Fantasy V, which is just how long the ATB pauses when your character's turn comes up uh, but but there is an active weight option that was mentioned for stopping the ATB in the magic and items menu. Which yeah yeah I, that that I'm aware of. Usually have that guy turned on because you know, the 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 menu system while simple in the early Final Fantasy games you know four five and six um, it can be a barrier to go through when you've got like 95 items and you're looking for your high potions or whatnot if for some reason they're not near at the top. And I think it's I don't think it's really fair to penalize the player. Because there's not really a super great way to put those key items or key spells or whatever at the top, I think you could do some sorting with your items that could help that out a little bit. Uh, but I think with spells, they're pretty much at where they are. So when you're looking, like, just my white mage, I was looking for the uh, sauna spell. That's like a few pages down. So yeah, we always turn that pause option on. Um, boy, uh, boy, did you see this uh, note from Seraphim kitten here, Mike?
2: I noticed it, yes. Apparently, if we accepted everybody who might want to be on for certain subject matter, then he would have had an awful lot to say on Tactics Ogre.
1: Indeed. Um,
2: But if we just let everybody on, then we've tried that a couple of times. It gets really hard to hear people if there are ten different people on the cast –
1: and, and but what I really do suggest, uh, Seraphim, is of course you can you can get your thoughts down to do an outline and then record yourself. And we are happy to attach uh, your verbal comments at the end of the show because that's what people are here for. They want to hear uh, they want to hear people talk about the game. So, uh, but because your paragraph your paragraphs your your text is pretty exhaustive here, I'll just kind of touch on some highlights. Uh, Seraphim Kitten says that we are a little weak in our post game content coverage. <laughs> because most of us didn't have time just to beat the game much less get through the post game stuff anyways yeah, uh,
2: as I recall finishing Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together was Nathan hadn't quite done it and I don't think John had enough time to go do much of anything after the game finished
1: yeah it's not exactly a 20 hour game and you probably got a bunch of stuff on your backlog so if you're like me especially
2: if you might want to play it again and see what happens if you take a different path
1: Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely So, uh, But once you've beaten it You uh, you unlock the world option Which uh, allows you to go back Trying out different paths Uncapping the story enemy level But sometimes adding in bonus loot So that sounds like a lot of fun uh, And uh, you get to go into a boda bonus dungeon Or do the coda chapters uh, this is, this, the, the first chapter is all about Everyone's favorite character From March of the Black Queen Canopus's half sister Aria. Uh, she's the only female winged hawk person ogre battle. So uh, there's uh, there's more detail here. You can check that out at board.rpgamer.com and look for the backtrack 114 thread where Seraphim can give you more juicy information about uh, post content, uh, post game content, and Lancelot Tataros love.
0: So yeah, who cares about that? Because the next guy's talking about Queen Two. Which is an amazing album Seven Seas of Rye Seven Seas well, I, I, they of Rye Well Of were...
2: course of course. if we get too deep into this Then we become the Queen cast Which is not a bad thing at all But we, we risk
1: Significantly this, derailing ourselves
0: Well there's also just Only so much awesome That can be contained <laughs> On the internet <laughs> and the, Well I'll see so if adding more true. Queen to the internet Is dangerous
1: it looks like D-Chap signed up because that's his first – it looks like he's done one post on the forums. Yeah. So uh, you know what, D-Chap? Uh, we welcome you to our forums. So happy that you jumped on and posted this. Uh, and and what I'm going to try to do here – I can't promise anything because it all has to do with how much time I have to to edit stuff on the weekend. But I will try to get one or more of these songs that you have linked uh, it at the end of this podcast uh, so that people can go back and listen to these songs.
4: And they are they're super super commemorating
2: awesome. the Fallout universe with Queen, which yeah. makes a, a strange sort of sense.
1: Well, well, I think I'll do that one song you recommended first to close out the Fallout properly, and then I'll just put these on afterwards. So, y'all, once the podcast is over, if you want to hear great music, you, great, it's there. And if you are done listening podcast, just hit stop. <laughs> uh, let's see, Strawberry to
2: Brian may rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, Strawberry Eggs says that as a barely related note the monster in my pocket toy brand was the reason the pokemon franchise couldn't be called pocket monsters outside of japan the names were too similar
2: i'm really regretful that i have lost track of all the monster in my pocket figures that i once had i don't know where they are right now especially after five bucks was a lot of money once upon a time remember that when your allowance didn't go very far and i would buy a stupid monster in my pocket for the hydra in the front and i would get 11 other monsters inside that i already had and i don't even remember what point value the ogre was it was in there somewhere and it was probably a four or five point monster when you really want the category ones and i've just killed our audience and uh well that that was my design talking about monsters in my
1: pocket. Monsters in your pocket will do it every time. Uh, Got some Twitter.
2: Why was was Tyrannosaurus Rex considered a monster when there were no other dinosaurs in the whole series? Let alone a category one monster, the toughest of them all. Why is Tyrannosaurus Rex with fists a a monster? With fists.
0: Because it's a mutant. Because it has real hands. That was the only thing that gave us an advantage over the T-Rex.
1: Oh, tiny geez. little fake arms. Oh, pays opposable thumbs. Um, so, uh, let's see here. On Twitter, I got a question from uh, Greg Cummings, and he asked, do uh, do both of you, being Mike and myself, pick out the intro music choices for RPG, Backtrack, or just one of you? They're always added to my MP3 playlist. Uh, and the, the answer to that is, um, well, Some you know, what, I'm kind of reading this through the intro music choices. You know what, Mike? I'm Now that I reread this, I'm like, I, I had answered this, but I answered it from, I was thinking the music, the transition music between the segments, but the intro music, well, it's pretty much the same answer on both. I mean, generally, uh, Mike does it about half the time and I do it about the other half the time. So the intro music that we're currently using at the beginning of the show, after the skits, um, that's one that Mike picked. And I believe I chose the one before that. I'm not super sure. But uh, we kind of go back and forth. But Mike, I, I will say Mike chooses the better music. He's a music connoisseur, so uh, when I'm stumped, I just default to what Mike says. And then Mike also picks, or sometimes our guests uh, that are on the show will send me links and say, "Hey, you know, enjoy talking about Game XYZ with you, Phil. Make sure you put in these songs because they' are the best. And if someone sends me um, suggestions, I almost always take those as long as I can find them. Uh, and it, it, you know that's one of the reasons uh, I tell the shows ahead of time guys If you're listening and you're like oh wow He's finally going to talk about this game And uh, I love this game Next time we're talking about the Atelier games If you play the Atelier whatever <laughs> The Maruru game or whatever And you want you got some songs that are stuck in your head Drop me off an email with the YouTube link Because you can find 90-95% of this, these songs on YouTube And that's where I grab them from So send me the YouTube links And I'll be happy to, to add them in as transitional music on the show Or just pop them in at the end so, and we'll get some queen in this time with any luck, because somebody recommended it. Haha. Um, we also have a um, a review from one of our listeners, uh, and I'm looking for it, but I will try to get that in. Mister Matthew sent me uh, sent me a review, but what was it of? Oh, here it is, uh, Mana Kaimia. So uh, we're gonna nope, try to get that audio good. in there.
2: Was it for the PSP or the PS2?
1: Hopefully for the PS2 because if memory serves, the PSP version of that one was not, Awful. not so nice. So uh, I'll attach that to the end of this as well. Oh, what else? What else? I don't think I have any other Twitter comments. So yes, you too can leave your comments or write us emails and get your notes and questions read on the air. You can do that by shooting off an email to Servant at rpgamer.com or if I don't answer that, because I'll always answer you back, jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com a little bit easier to handle would be Twitter I'm at jcservant Facebook, I'm forward slash jcservant and of course the best and easiest way for a lot of people is just to hit up our boards at rpgamer.com, there's a forum link right there on the left hand side and we have a thread for each one of the shows we do or you can always look up my ID jcservant and pop me off a private message that I check once in a blue moon so ha. Alrighty. Uh let's see, let's do round table. What is new? What is exciting with Mr. Scott?
0: Uh nothing really. I'm playing some Bravely Default.
1: How's Bravely Default treating you? You know, it's been very interesting reading uh, did you read the comments after our little April Fool's skit on Bravely Default? Uh,
0: yes, I did.
1: So, in case you guys haven't, in case you guys missed it, there was a lot of great April Fool's um, articles at rpgamer.com, very, you know, where we do everything very RP flavored. It was really great for RPG uh, fans. But one of them was mock, contained mock criticism, and I use that in quotes about Bravely default. But ironically enough, like halfway through the red, people were like, but, you know, actually that didn't seem all that funny because I actually agree with some of that stuff. And, and that kind of went back and forth a little bit. What are your feelings on that, Scott?
0: Uh, well, looking at looking at the uh, complaints is, um, yeah, there's, there's, there are some issues. I think it is maybe just a touch too old school at points. Like um, does get a little grindy.
2: What, what point in the game are you?
0: Uh, I'm still, like, I'm getting towards the end of chapter one. Okay. Like, I I I really want this game to dole out, you know, hats a little more frequently, because right now I'm just like, yep, I'm a monk. I'm Punch a those monk. Guys. Yeah,
2: you, yeah, you don't get too many of them in chapter one. You, you kind of get them pretty much evenly through two, three, and four, so you'll get another five or six for each of those chapters.
0: Oh, God. One at a time? That's not cool. Final Fantasy three give you stacks at once. I know. Final they Fantasy three just... is the best one.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, Chapter four gives you two at one point. I, I know that's that's really generous at that point.
0: Oh, that that's just crazy talk now. Crazy.
2: Oh, and if you want the vampire job, you're going to have to do a lot of work on the side. That requires mm-hmm. going around and finding a lot of hidden dragons around the world and killing them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to be a vampire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say ditto on that if I had to go around and find hidden crap. Is there a big blue exclamation mark, Minky, that shows me where the hidden crap is at? Yes, there's a big
2: blue exclamation point that shows you, here is where you have to go to become a vampire. Then you go there, and Uh you get, in order to enter this place, you must solve my riddle, or whatever he says. And then you, oh, okay, well, it involves these, these gravestones or whatever that you... You might have spotted one already in the world, so just remember where all those gravestones are, because you have to go back to all six of them.
1: Yeah, no vampire Um, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no vampire. No, No. Scott and I are on the no vampire bandwagon.
2: Vampire is pretty much the blue mage, so if you want to use it well, then you know you have
1: to do. You oh. have to go
2: get attacked by enemies.
1: Oh yeah, I suck double it. no vampires. No double, yeah, <laughs> you've completely unsold me. It sounded cool at first. Vampire, awesome, vampire class, but now you've totally unsold me. You know, in playing Final Fantasy V. Or any of the Final Fantasy games where I could do different jobs or different abilities or whatnot. Anytime there's a blue mage, even in Final Fantasy IX, you have the – I forget her name. Uh, it starts with a Q, but you got that lady. Queena. Queena, thank you, who Wait, has – Queen you've said that Queena is female. That that infers
2: that you know the gender of whatever the hell Queen is. I flipped
1: a it? coin and I decided okay. female. <laughs> Um, so, but any of those characters that have blue mage ability to soak up attacks, there are people that go out there and find them all in No, no. Nope, nope. If she didn't actually accidentally run into it along the way, tough schnuggy. Cause yeah, no, I hate blue mage. Sucks. Especially level five death. Oh, I'm not level five. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, finally level five. Oh, I'm dead. Crap. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what else, Mr.
0: Scott? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and there's another comment on that article. Yes, we should have gotten Gyro Zetter, because it, I want cars that transform to have fights in the middle of drag races. It's awesome. Run that by me again.
2: One of the games that Mr. Baker mentioned, which we should have gotten over here instead of Bravely
1: Default. Oh. Oh, I get the tra- Zetter. Transforming Cars is awesome. I know. <laughs> I love Transform. I love any game with Transformers. It's one of my favorite old games, and I finally beat it. Talk about clearing out your backlog, boys and girls but I beat Y-BAR. Go, go find it. You, you have a hard time just finding it on Wikipedia. It's that old. But it was like a 1986 RPG and I've talked about before a long time ago. I but,
2: thought you were going to say that you beat the uh, the Transformers game on the Commodore 64 cassette.
1: y was a Transformer game done halfway decently. Uh, I mean, just in the fact that you used it, your vehicle modes a lot to get around the terrain and in the dungeons because it was an RPG um, but uh but in combat you'd always need to be in robot mode to get your kick ass on. Uh but yeah, yeah. No, I love any game with transforming anything. Didn't give me my transform vehicles.
0: Anything else, Mr. Scotty? Transforming cars that have
1: fights. It's awesome. They have what? They have fights. fights. Oh fights. Oh holy hell. Well twisted- drag racing. So it's like twisted metal meets drag racing meets twisted metal. All right. Well, you sold me. I love twisted metal. But Transformers, oh, meets Transformers, oh, hell, that's even more fun,
0: man. And Yet the Transformers games don't do that.
1: No, they don't. I do like the newer Transformer uh, video games for the most part. Uh, I on Steam, i would been playing. My friends would buy them for me, and I would just tear through them. Thankfully, they're only twelve or thirteen hours. Uh, the, the those new ones have done a decent job, but I don't think you can. Uh, yeah you can play with other against other people i suppose but it doesn't really you're right it doesn't really like really capture that feeling and it doesn't have any racing it's really just most of the time you're just in robot mode strafing and trying to knock out the other guy transforming at the right time can occasionally help you out but it doesn't really capture that like what was that what's that first rock and roll racing remember that one didn't y'all play yeah. that one? Oh man we played that for hours one of blizzards are, uh you know really early early games just so much fun. If you could play that emulator, uh, just a great game to play with your friends. So what else? What else, Mr. Scott?
0: That, that's all I got going. Just doing boring real-life stuff otherwise.
1: Boring real-life. What's your problem?
0: I updated to version 2.05 of Audacity today. Did it break it you like it the- broke me? No, but it moved some of the buttons around. That's going to bug me.
1: That's what what Microsoft does all the time, though. Like, every new Windows version or Office version, I'm like, what's different in Office 2010? Oh, we've moved the ribbon around or the icons around. No other improvements, but we've moved the buttons around. Great. So now you've you've let me know I shouldn't download the newer, newest version of Audacity. Good. I won't do it.
2: Ha ha. Assuming you don't already have version 2.05. I know. I
1: might already have it. (laughs) Uh, what's up with you, Mr. Minky?
2: Oh, well, let's see here. I played... What is, it? what is it? I played about 25 minutes of something called Heroine's Quest, The Herald of Ragnarok, mostly because Mac asked me, hey, do you think we should cover this? And what I got was... Kind of an, well, already it's interesting because it asks me, do I want to, be, to play this in English or Magyar? And for all five people listening to us who speak fluent Magyar here you go finally a game that caters to you uh, and so wow. far <laughs> yeah I can't think of any other games I've played where that was the other language option well, <laughs> yeah for all the Hungarians out there in the world here you go this is for you
0: was the game made in Hungary, or were they just feeling particularly obtuse?
2: I'm not quite sure yet. All of the, uh, I can't find all the information on this thing yet. Uh, it's it's a free to play thing on Steam. I put points into my character, and then got a quick combat tutorial, which involves, you know, if you're blocking or dodging, then hold the button. Don't just click it. You'll stay in that position longer. Um, and mostly it reminds me of LucasArts' adventure games from the 90s. Although, the pe- when the people talk, only their mouths and an occasional eye movement happen. So the rest of the face just stays completely still. That's kind of freaky to me.
0: It's got that filmation thing going.
2: Yeah. Kind of freaky. So, uh, I haven't played enough to make any firm judgment, but uh, it's interesting it's got more in common with an adventure game than an RPG so far, but again, I'm so early that I can probably want, blunder into a bunch of ogre fights and say, ah, oh, here's where the RPG elements are. Because you do get a bunch of points at the beginning to to respect your your character's skills in some way. Uh, soon, given that I'm almost at the end, and I'm not getting the true ending so it will end sooner, I will finish... Agarest.
0: Why why would you even start Agorest? <laughs> I'm trying Just to say remember.
2: It. As I recall, Mac came to me at the beginning of October, which tells you how long this stupid thing has been dogging my life, and asked, you know, this other people have tried this thing and they couldn't make it. Do you want to try it? And then I for whatever reason, he gave me a Steam code, and I downloaded Agorist, and I began to play it, and I said to myself, Wow, this thing is—this thing sucks, but whatever, it doesn't suck enough that it's actually painful to play. It's fairly easy to win. And then you just keep playing, and it ramps up the difficulty? Agorist doesn't care that you put it on easy. Agorist says... Oh, you think it's easy? Well, here, we're going to make the enemies faster so that unless you have your first character act immediately, they're going to spank you all over the place. ha, 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 ha. I can hear Idea Factory's developers laughing right now. Ha, 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 ha. As they chortle to themselves, because clearly the game sold enough copies on Steam to supply demand for Ghostlight to bring out another Agorist game. We're getting that on Steam now. Aren't we a lucky race of people, that Agarest has sold enough copies to keep Idea Factory afloat, to keep its stockholders swimming in cash, and to keep however many thousands of people have downloaded the game, or played it on PS3, or played it on 360, however many formats this thing is on now. Just think of the hundreds of thousands of hours collectively removed from the human race to play Agarest. And then come up with any justification, please. I'm waiting for a justification that says this is a good thing. So, um, uh, no, I, I think I've. I, I'm rapidly working up to a cough here, and we don't want to hear that. Uh, I'm close to the end of Ark the Lad 2. Fun game. Inventory is annoying. Lack of save points is annoying. Otherwise, it's a fun game. I hear that the final boss is a real jerk, so I'm prepared to do a little more grinding just so that I... Because apparently you can get in there and have a point of no return with enemies that don't respawn in the final area, and that's just what you need, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm... I just went through a time travel segment. I don't know why that was in the game, but uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> um what else what else what else what else and I'll mention one movie just because it's pretty cool Hell's Angels if you either of you see The Aviator no <laughs> that's the movie Howard Hughes was trying to make at the beginning of The Aviator and I can see the, movie, the money on the screen because it's it cost several million dollars in the late 20s there's a freaking mid-air collision captured in this thing I didn't see any parachutes, so maybe the pilots died. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) And then he freaking rebuilt an entire dirigible just to have the thing blow up for the climax of the first half. That's pretty cool. And then for uh, for when the movie was seeing its premiere, he actually hired Daredevil pilots to buzz the theater in L.A. (laughs) Howard Hughes. That was an interesting man. And uh, I'll let you go now, Phil, because I actually do have to
1: cough for a minute and nobody wants to hear that. Hmm. Still plugging away myself on Bravely Default, uh, just a little here and there. I don't think I've even made that much progress since the last show, but I'm in Chapter 2 myself. So, yeah, I've got a few more classes under my belt. Um, but, yeah, they, it does kind of trickle them down to, yeah. Hmm. And you seem to kind of hit this wall. I, I, I thought that there would only be like ten levels to each class, but no, there's more. <laughs> and I think and it's
2: fifteen total, either fourteen or fifteen.
1: Fourteen or fifteen, and boy, does the job point requirement go up significantly once you hit ten? Oh yes, my it stars! Does. Yeah, that's for your heart. I think you go
2: up from eight hundred to it's either three thousand or thirty five hundred
1: yeah my jaw hit the ground I was like wow they, they, they're they really wanting you to diversify or something <laughs> or you just have to be um, really committed of course you know coming off of Final Fantasy 5 where I'm playing where you only get one or two job points per battle and Bravely Default where it's actually been ramping up and I'm getting more now you want to not spend too much time in Act 1 Scott just because the job points get better and better as you go on Um especially after gosh i think i'm getting double or more than what i was getting in those early you know chapter one battles there yeah. is a
2: job which allows you to get more job points in your spoils but i i don't think you have access to it yet and i can't even remember which one it is
1: yeah huh so that's that's been pretty cool oh uh, how's the strange journey going it ain't going nowhere now I'm gonna change my. App. I think I think it's beat me. I think I think that game's. I hate that game now. Damn dungeons. You know this is this is one of those things where I actually wish I had the mapping capabilities that you got on uh, Etrian Odyssey, where you can leave notes and stuff. But I really feel like I've got to resort and not just resort to, but really dig into a fact to figure out how to get through the game next. And I just I hate games that, that really pushed me to go into a fact but i know some people have beat it on their own somebody wrote that fact but dang nab!
0: no i think he was just working on a japanese fact <laughs>
1: he was working off a <laughs> japanese
3: fact uh
1: i just hate i just hate and i hate and, I, and it's why reason why i didn't want to do the vampire class i just hate it when i don't know where to go next that just drives me bananas or, or you know it's in this dungeon, and even after reading an FAQ, i got a general idea of where I'm supposed to be. I still can't figure out where in the hell the guffin is at. Girl, It's reminding me of our favorite game, Mike.
2: What? I'm sorry. I am deliberately refusing to let those words coalesce in my mind.
1: So uh, let's see here. Uh, haven't really gotten any. Got Second Son, Infamous Second Sun, really pretty. Haven't got too far in that one either, though. Just really haven't had a ton of time to play. And what and time we ha- have had to play in the last couple weeks, actually, I've been going to Diablo 3. Holy freaking cow, it's so much more fun now. It's just they got that loot system rebalanced, they got the randomized areas everyone's been screaming for with the adventure mode. Uh, it's just whether you got 20 minutes or you got a few hours. It's just fun to jump into and farm some uh, farm some loot, and watch your character get stronger in that, or level up one of your alts with some friends. It's it's definitely a much better experience. There was before I would have given the game a you know a three point five myself. Maybe yeah, now I don't know if I'd push it to a four originally, but right now it's it's darn well close to a five. It's like a four point five solid. It's just a it's just a ton of fun. So and I got relatives in it. My dad's in it. Uh, my brother-in-law's in it. My wife's in it. So if you want to join us, Your dad's in it. Yeah, I mean remember and remember, boys and girls, a family that slays together stays together. So if you want to join, if you want to join us, uh, my Blizzard ID tag is JC Servant sixteen seventeen. So you can add me as a Blizzard friend, and and we can go run some crap together. It's, it's just, but uh, it's a ton of fun. And, and I've got uh, what's his name, um, anime anime man jumps into my games once in a while and we do a run or two. So it's fun running into other people from RP gamer and being able to play that with them. and yeah, I mentioned I got the new computer. And I'm downloading Mass Effect Since we're going to be talking about that soon I've been told So I need to get off my lazy ass and play some Mass Effect And now that i got a new computer with a graphics card A kick-ass graphics card I should really be able to bump up the graphics But it did One necess- that well, you
2: will not need to have a fan focused on all the time, right? That's
1: right We no longer have the fan blowing on the computer This thing is slick And and, and I'm telling tell you what They're not paying me to do this uh, But I will put in a plug for Puget Systems uh, That's P-U-G-E-T uh, they build custom computers are from Washington. Now I did some price searching here in Utah first because I'd rather buy locally, but uh, the local guys were quoting me five hundred dollars more for the same system. Uh, so Puget not only had the best price, but their service is second to none. They ship it to you in a box within a box with a frame and everything else, so it doesn't get damaged. And uh, and this is just a a it's it's not the most it's not the most gaming looking rig it is big but it's not like got flashing lights on it or anything but it's extremely practical in how it works it's got fans upon fans it's super quiet i can't even hear the fans my old computer before i even had the fan issue i had to put an outside fan on i could hear it when the fan was turned on you don't hear this fan it's it's like the silent killer it's just it's wonderful i can't even tell normally you can tell if a computer's on in a room if everything else is shut off you can hear the fan not this one um But, uh, yeah, it's just really well put together. No bloatware like certain other computer companies will do when they sell you a computer. Um, It's just what you need. They give you all the disk and the backup, very neatly organized. The system is very well documented. If you ever need to look anything up, you got this nice throwing binder they send you with all the specs in it. So with all of the technical support numbers for each component separately. So if you ever need to do any research and call them up, you can. The, The system itself comes with an unlimited labor warranty. Parts are covered for a year. So unless you want to pay extra, which I never do because rarely if I have a problem with the computer, it's within the first three years. It's always you know after that. But uh, yeah, super, super great. And uh, so now I, I need to play a game worthy of pushing the I, – I load up Tomb Raider because I bought that on a Steam. I had Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 3 where I you know originally played it, and it's a gorgeous game.
2: you don't have it anymore?
1: And I still got it on the PlayStation 3, but it was on Steam sale for like five or six bucks. And I heard, yeah, it went. You know, just like most Square Enix games. By the way, I didn't buy Lightning Returns because I know that I could probably look it up now. It's probably down to twenty bucks. I mean, the, the Square Enix games just fall like a rock. Well, Tomb um,
2: Raider was a sales disappointment, don't we remember? Oh,
1: that's right. Only sold. Well, you hear they redacted that and they said, okay, now it's sold enough.
0: Well, well, <laughs> it hit the it hit whatever bizarre expectation they had of it after a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's, it's that's like
0: only the best launch in the franchise history.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly Scott It was like really guys um, Shoot Anywho, um,
2: Obviously that wasn't good enough It needed to hit uh, Madden levels of sales
1: uh, Let's see here So Lightning Returns came out $60 It is down to $46 On the Playstation 3 And $42 on the Xbox 360 And I want to say it came out a month ago Give it another month or two That this thing will be in the $20 bargain bin um, I so, think it's
2: been out two months now
1: Okay, so it's a little slower than the other ones But uh, Tomb Raider Tomb Raider hit the $20 Obviously
2: Square Enix found the right marketplace People want their lightning
3: Yeah Uh,
0: That's what what we were all That's what we were all begging for for. Four years ago Yeah, more more lightning. lightning
1: With costume changing, no less With X2, yeah X2 meets lightning, that's exactly what we're demanding Um so anywho uh, so the yeah the Tomb Raider on the Steam sale was like five or seven bucks so I knew I had heard the graphics were better I bought it but I never installed Have it you dude. turned
0: on trust effects oh you my you turned on trust effects so I loaded onto the this next new machine revolution
1: in, in, in hair in hair physics right is it the yeah. hair physics I understand hair, phys-
0: hair physics
1: it is pretty I, I mean it's a little kooky at times I mean sometimes that hair is in a position you're like that eh, doesn't look quite natural but other times you're like holy crap the strands are actually separately kind of rendered. It's actually kind of you know spread out over her shoulder. One moment it's clumpy, the next it's not like just always a clump like it is in most three D games. When they're most games avoid long hair just to begin with, um, for you know because that's really hard to to, to, to really do properly. Um, I I think the last I was actually actually I like Final Fantasy 12's hair. The the one with the long hair on the rabbit chick whatever her name was I thought for a texture work that wasn't too bad but uh and of course playstation 3 is uh, some interesting hairdos but uh but yeah this one holy cow it takes it up to a new level but yeah crank up the graphics all the way on that game and it it is it is absolutely stunning so on the system but yes i'll play mass effect and crank that up because mass effect uh is a pretty good looking game right isn't that what i hear what do you think sky is uh, it a good looking
0: game for its day i mean you probably won't have the texture pop-in issues i did but
1: But not quite up there with Tomb Raider.
0: I mean it it it's not truss effects.
1: Not truss effects. Ah, damn. Uh, probably all the lady characters have short hair or bald heads.
0: That is <sighs> that is true.
1: Uh yeah, I knew it. Dang it. That's always a cheap way out. Uh anywho. So yes, I'll I'll try to get into some Mass Effect and stuff. Uh but I was downloading on that evil EA origin as we speak. Grr. Oh well, gotta get. And you. yet,
2: EA is not responding to your complaints with anything like a revisement of the system.
1: Hmm.
0: No. But you can get Dead Space One for free. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose you could. I've got Origin for the Mass Effect trilogy. They had like a, it was like fifteen dollars or twenty dollars, so I snapped it up during one of those sales, and I got a lot of Sims games. My wife loves Sims, so I got lots of Sims. Dragon Age One and Two. I think one of those is not on Steam. And then, of course, the Command & Conquer series. Awesome. Awesome RTS series, especially 2 and 3. Red Alert 2 and 3. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Command & Conquer 3, a blast. Command & Conquer 4, the one EA did, sucks. They ruined Command & Conquer. Anywho.
3: EA
2: bashing? That's, EA. that's completely new. Get
1: out. But you know what we won't bash? We won't bash RP Gamer. You're home for news reviews and the best community on the net so check it all out this is all supported by rpgamer.com so uh, do us a favor go on to itunes leave us five stars uh write us comments on our forums let uh, let people know that you enjoyed the show so that they don't kick us off the air <laughs> or something along those lines surprised they haven't already the powers that be are very patient uh as i mentioned before you can you can write to us at gc servant at twitter uh mike do you do twitter
2: I do have Twitter.
1: Do you Jum- do you do Jumason. Twitter? Jimmy Okay. You're also okay. You're also on good old fashioned email?
2: Mm-hmm. Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com.
1: Alright. What about you, Mr. Scott? Uh what? Emails? Huh? Yeah. You even do that? What's your Twitter handle, bud?
0: Uh I'm at Foul Sorceress. That's uh, spelled um, as um, an unple- as a uh, magical duck, not unpleasant female mage. Unpleasant female mage.
1: So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That, that's hilarious. That is that's that is true, though. Um, so, yeah, you can follow any of our tweets, and if you want to uh, see what we do outside of RP Gamer, as well as on RP Gamer. And if you just want to follow the RP Gamer stuff, you can do that by following at RP Gamer, I believe. Uh, it's on Twitter at RP Gamer. Facebook.com forward slash RP Gamer. So, lots of ways to stay connected with RP Gamer. so do that right mr uh mr mike mr scott thank you for being on the show any last words mr scott before we head off
0: it's past my bedtime
1: <laughs> All righty. uh mr uh mr minky any any famous last words for us tonight uh
2: i need to go refill my water glass because it helps to stamp, tamp down the coughing urge. Wait, That's nobody real wanted, dark nobody chocolate. Mmm,
3: chocolate.
2: Mm. Damn it, you, you reminded me that I got these delicious Russell Stover cookie dough eggs today. Uh, you shouldn't have done that, man. I'm, try, I'm trying not
1: to wean myself off them.
0: But dark chocolate will suppress the cough reflex.
1: Mmm sounds promising I can't,
2: I can't argue with that
0: why would you, just, you argue with that
2: i wouldn't except that i try not to eat late at night and, and i know it's not very late for me for me compared to you but I...
0: it's chocolate right. Mike. I, I
2: give because i give sweet. scott you have convinced me not that and, it took much convincing and you
1: have convinced us not to become vampires That's right (laughs) Have a good night and thank you for listening You know what
2: Phil (laughs) At least even with all that rigmarole Becoming a vampire in Bravely Default Is better than becoming A vampire in Twilight
1: This is true Um, If you want to hear Some of those awesome soundtracks And other comments stay on Uh, Otherwise we'll see you on the next RPG Backtrack
4: Give me A kiss that bill a dream on and my imagination will thrive upon that kiss. Mm, sweetheart, I ask no more than this a kiss to build a dream on. Mm. Give me a kiss before you leave me. In my imagination. I'll be with you weaving romances, making believe really the truth. Oh, give me lips for just a moment, and my imagination.